0: Welcome to He That Hath Ears, Listen Podcast. My name is Dave Krupa, a Christian and student of the Bible. Each episode, I will share lessons I learned from God's Word to help on the Christian journey in everyday life. Thanks for spending some time exploring the Bible with me today. Now, let's listen. With the recent events... Now would be a great time to cover a lesson entitled, Who Moved My Cheese?, based upon the book by Spencer Johnson. The story goes something like this. There once lived two mice named Sniff and Scurry and two little people named Hem and Haw. They lived in the big maze. Hem and Haw thought they were better than Sniff and Scurry because they had brains. They could think and didn't need to rely on instinct to survive. Every day, Sniff and Scurry would put their jogging shoes on and head on over to Cheese Station C to fill up on cheese. Hem and Haw would go over every morning also. When they arrived at Cheese Station C, Sniff and Scurry would hang their jogging shoes around their necks, just in case they needed them. Hem and Haw, on the other hand, would lay their shoes over by the wall. Each day that passed, Sniff and Scurry would run over to Cheese Station C bright and early in the morning. Hem and Haw, however, would stroll over when they felt like it. Why do those mice get in such a hurry? The cheese isn't going anywhere, said Haw. One day when Sniff and Scurry arrived, they found that there was no cheese to be found. This didn't surprise them as they had noticed the supply was getting smaller. They quickly ran into the maze in search of new cheese. When Hem and Haw arrived, they couldn't believe it. Who moved my cheese? screamed Haw. This is not fair. Maybe if we wait here, it'll come back, cried Hem. They waited for days, but no cheese returned. Meanwhile, Sniff and Scurry had discovered a huge supply of new cheese in Cheese Station N. They made a lot of mistakes, since they couldn't think, but eventually they did find their way. One day, while waiting for the cheese to return, Hem asked Haw, if maybe they should go out into the maze and look for new cheese. Haw said no way. Someone moved my cheese and they should put it back. Besides, it's too scary out there in the maze. But Haw, if we don't find cheese soon, we'll surely die. Hem imagined what it would be like to have cheese, but he also imagined how much danger there was in the maze. He wrote a saying on the wall What would you do if you weren't afraid? Then he laced up his shoes and went into the maze. As he wandered around, he periodically stopped to write a message on the wall in hopes of Ha finding his way. One time, Hem stopped to write, Smell the cheese often so you know when it's getting old. Hem kept finding new stations, but no new cheese. He would find a few crumbs here and there, but it seemed enough to keep him going on his search. He often thought of what Haw was doing. Was he still stuck in Station C? Or was he now searching for new cheese out in the maze? Or was he still afraid of leaving? Hem stopped to write, When you move beyond your fear, you feel free. Finally, Hem came to Cheese Station N., and there was Sniff and Scurry in the biggest pile of cheese he had ever seen. He stopped to write, Imagining myself enjoying new cheese even before I found it led me to it. Now, in this story, the cheese can represent anything that's important to us. For this podcast, the cheese represents our faith. At some time in our lives, someone Or something is going to move our faith. It can happen to even the most devout person. Turn your Bibles to Exodus chapter 16, verses 2 to 3. The whole congregation of the sons of Israel grumbled against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. The sons of Israel said to them, Would that we had died by the Lord's hand in the land of Egypt when we sat by pots of meat, when we ate bread to the full. For you have brought us out into this wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger. Now notice this is after they have already crossed the Red Sea. This is after these same people seen the plagues that were brought upon Egypt. This is after they crossed the sea on dry land. And this is after God put the sea back and did away with the Egyptian army. And now they're grumbling to Moses because they felt they were better off in Egypt as slaves. How about John the Baptist? A devout man? We're told that when his mother met Mary, that he leapt for joy in her womb. We are also told that he was out in the wilderness preaching, baptizing people, teaching them that there was one coming after him that was before him. And we find that when he did see Jesus coming to him, he didn't want to baptize him because he wasn't worthy to, as he said, unloose the laces on his sandals. But look at Matthew chapter 11, verses 2 through 6. Now when John while in prison, heard of the works of Christ, he sent word by his disciples and said to him, Are you the expected one, or shall we look for someone else? Jesus answered and said to them, Go and report to John what you hear and see. The blind receive sight, and the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed and the deaf hear, the dead are raised up, and the poor have the gospel preached to them. And blessed is he who does not take offense at me. How about Peter sinking in the water in Matthew chapter 14 and 31? We see, immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and took hold of him and said to him, Ye of little faith, why do you doubt? Now, Peter was on a ship in a storm when he looked out to the water and seen Jesus coming towards the boat, walking on the water. And Peter, with great courage, said, Lord, and I'm paraphrasing, if it's really you, command me to come out and walk on the water. And so Peter climbed over the boat and started to walk on water. What a tremendous act of faith. But then Peter may have noticed, The seas were really high, the storm was really violent, and he was walking on water, and he started to sink. And at that moment, he asked Jesus to save him. And so we have this verse that Jesus stretched out his hand and took hold of him, and said to him, You of little faith, why did you doubt? How about Thomas? Thomas poor Thomas, we often characterize Thomas as doubting Thomas. He was questioning the resurrection for Jesus had appeared to many of the apostles, but not to him personally. And in John chapter 20 verse 25 we see, So the other disciples were saying to him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see in his hands the imprint of the nails and put my finger in the place of the nails and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. He had followed Jesus for nearly three years. Jesus had taught that he would be put to death and he would be raised again. The people that he felt the most comfortable with and had the most trust in, his peers, had said, We've seen the Lord. And yet he doubted. Why does this happen? Just like Haw, we as human beings tend to use logic. And oftentimes using this logic creates fear. And fear paralyzes us. How do we make sure we can remain faithful to God? First, I believe we have to realize what faith is. The Hebrew writer in chapter 11 verse 1 says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So by sheer definition, when we can see something or have evidence it exists, it is not faith. Faith is not something you can touch or see or hear or taste or smell. It is our belief, our confidence, or hope. Ask yourself this question. Have you ever seen a billion dollars? If the answer is no, then how do you know it exists? How do we keep the faith? In order for us to keep our faith, we need to know the elements of faith. The first element of faith is hearing. So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Romans chapter 10 verse 17. From this verse we can see that our faith is established from God's word. To maintain our faith we should visit the source of it frequently. By studying God's word we can imagine ourselves having an unshakable faith even before we attain it, thus leading us to it. The second element of faith is works. James chapter one verse twenty two says, But be ye doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. He goes on in chapter two verses seventeen through eighteen to say, Even so faith, if it hath not works, is dead, being alone. Yea, a man may say thou hast faith and I have works Show me thy faith without thy works, and I will show thee my faith by my works. If you turn to Hebrews chapter 11, which is known as the faith chapter, this chapter shows us how all of our forefathers' faith was justified by their works. They had faith first, and then acted upon that faith. The third element is testing. What would you do if you weren't afraid? In testing faith comes the most common reason for losing faith, and that is doubt. We know faith is an essential part of prayer. We are faithful, so we pray. Things don't change, so we pray more. And still the same result, and so we pray more and more. And then doubt sets in, and we lose faith. Doubt leads to fear, and fear leads us to unfaithfulness. The problem is, we often are afraid to realize the answer to our prayers. Paul writes in Romans chapter 14, verse 23, And he that doubteth is damned if he eat, because he eateth not of faith. For whatsoever is not of faith is sin. However, if we can test our faith, and we really pay attention, our faith can be strengthened. Consider, if you will, the story of Jehoshaphat in Second Chronicles chapter 20. The Moabites were invading Judah, and Jehoshaphat went to the Lord in prayer. God replied not to worry, this was not their battle, but God's. Jehoshaphat sent the priests and the singers before his army to sing and praise unto God, and God had the three nations destroy each other so that when Judah came there was nothing but dead bodies. God did not tell him that he wouldn't have to fight, but rather not to worry. Probably could have been an answer that would have been unacceptable to many. But Jehoshaphat paid attention and tested his faith. In verse 20 we see, They rose early in the morning and went out to the wilderness of Tekoa. And when they went out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Listen to me, O Judah and inhabitants of Jerusalem. Put your trust in the Lord your God, and you will be established. Put your trust in his prophets, and succeed. No doubt that this added tremendous strength to Jehoshaphat's faith. What about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? They refused to worship Nebuchadnezzar's gods or the golden image, and for this they were to be thrown into the fiery furnace. In Daniel chapter 3 verses 16 through 18 we read their reply. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to give you an answer concerning this matter. If it be so, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the furnace of blazing fire, and he will deliver us out of your hand, O king. But even if he does not, let it be known to you, O king, that we are not going to serve your gods or worship the golden image that you have set up. They obviously were thrown into the furnace and came out without a hair being singed. The next element of faith is training. Smell the cheese often so you know when to get new cheese. There is a saying that goes, if you don't use it, you'll lose it. And when it comes to our faith, I believe this is so true. One of the things Hem realized was to smell the cheese often. So we should look to all of the examples of faith written for us often. We need to keep on practicing. This is our training. If you were to get on the floor today and do as many push-ups as you could, how many could you do? Now, what if you were to do push-ups every day for the next 30 days? Would you be able to do more push-ups? Most likely, you conditioned your muscles as well as gained confidence every day. Our faith works the same why is it so vital to establish a strong christian faith well first of all it's our duty as a christian john chapter 6 verses 28 through 29 therefore they said to him what shall we do so that we may work the works of god jesus answered and said to them this is the work of god that you believe in him who he has sent it's a good defensive weapon, our faith. 1 Thessalonians 5 and 8 says, But let us, who are of the day, be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love, and for a helmet, the hope of salvation. Ephesians chapter 6, verses 12-17 through 17 says, For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the ruler's against the powers, against the world forces of His darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the full armor of God, so that you will be able to resist in the evil day, and having done everything, to stand firm. Stand firm, therefore, having girded your loins with the truth, and having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, in addition to all, taking up the shield of faith, with which you will be able to extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Faith assures our success. In John chapter 3, Jesus was talking with Nicodemus. And he said in verses 14 through 15, As Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, so that whoever believes will in him have eternal life. Now Jesus is talking to Nicodemus about a story from Numbers chapter 21. The story where the Lord sent fiery serpents among the people because of their lack of faith. And the serpents were biting the people. And so they asked that this be taken away. And Moses built a bronze serpent as he was instructed to by God. And the deal was, if you got bit by one of the fiery snakes, you were to look upon the bronze serpent and you would be healed. Notice it takes faith to follow those directions and action to actually do it. Faith pleases God. But without faith it is impossible to please Him. For he that cometh to God must believe that He is, and that He is a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. Since the dawn of the 21st century, there have been many, many events that have happened and many people have been talking about their faith. Some have said that the events have added to their faith while others have said that it has shaken their faith. What we have to remember is that whatever the situation life brings us we always can fall back on our faith. The world indeed may move our cheese But at least we know where to find it. Thanks for listening. W. Clement Stone wrote, That which you share multiplies, that which you withhold diminishes. If you found this podcast enjoyable, share the link with someone you care about.